Hi, this is Pastor Steve Lance from Noble Assembly of God. Thank you for tuning in today. I pray that this message from God's Word will bless and enrich your life. final message of our series called 2020 Vision on Stewardship. Our theme verse for this last month has been John chapter 1 verse 16, which let me read it again. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Can you say amen to that? Even if there's been difficulties in the past year, even if you've walked through a valley, even if you've been through some tough times, I think we would all have to agree, especially if you are a Christian and a believer this morning, that God still loves me, God has still given me grace, God has given me help, he's been there every step of the way, and I'll always thank him and praise him for what he's done for me, amen? Gracious blessing after another. I trust that you have been blessed and challenged over these last three weeks to be a better steward of the gracious blessings that you have received from God's abundant supply. For we have repeatedly said, one day we will all stand before God and we will give an account of our stewardship. We will give an account of how we handled all of his stuff. Amen? Remember, he owns everything. What are we? Stewards. We're managers. He owns it all, and we're his manager. Our time, our talents, our treasure, our money, our possessions, our families, even our very own lives belong to God. The Bible says we are bought with a price, therefore we are not our own. And so everything we have is his, and yet there is another vital area where the Lord has given us something very precious that we are to be good stewards of. We've talked about our time and our talents and our treasure, and we've, we've talked about different things, but there is one more area that we are going to give an account of before the Lord as to how well we stewarded or how well we managed something he gave us. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, church, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. What did we do with the good news of salvation that God gave us? What did we do with that message? I want you to look with me at our text for our message this morning and it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. I know in Sunday school this morning, uh, we were talking about the church at Thessalonica and the letter there to the Thessalonians. And so much of my message this morning is also in 1 Thessalonians. But I want to read this one verse to you that talks about 
being entrusted with the good news. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 4. It says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted. What's that last word? Entrusted. Say it with me. Entrusted. To be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. We have been entrusted with the good news. And that's the title of the message this morning, Entrusted with the Good News. Father in heaven, I pray your blessing over these next few moments as we look at this very vital subject of being entrusted with the good news. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would just minister to every single person within this sanctuary this morning and those who will listen by way of the internet later. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been given a sacred trust to share the good news of the gospel. Once we have received and believed the good news ourselves, we are commissioned by the Lord to go and tell others about the good news. Jesus said that before he ascended back to heaven in Matthew chapter 28, where he gives the great commission. Let me read it to you. Verses 18 through 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying, we are stewards of the gospel. All right, all right, all right, you're there. Stewards of the gospel. We are messengers, the verse said, approved by God, and our purpose is to please God, not men. Because people's hearts have been darkened and hardened by sin and Satan, they will usually not be too readily willing to listen or open up to the good news. But praise God, we have and serve the one and true living God that can soften and that can open men's hearts and remove the blinders from their eyes. Amen? People are not always real excited at first when you go to talking to them about the Lord and their need for salvation. But as we pray over that person and we pray for that person, the Lord can soften their heart. And I've never met a person yet after having maybe been resistant to the gospel and then later getting saved that ever said, oh, that was the biggest mistake of my life. They are always so thankful that somebody told them about Jesus. They are thankful that someone prayed for them. They are thankful that their name is written down in glory and that they're going to heaven. The only thing they regret is that they didn't do it what? Sooner. That they didn't do it sooner. So church, we have to be faithful to scatter the seed, to scatter the word of God, 
through our life and through our witness and then faithfully and fervently pray for God to give the increase and see the good news change many hearts. One of the reasons for our Wednesday night prayer is praying that God will touch hearts and open hearts and change lives and change minds. The best thing we can do as a church is to be a praying church. Amen? We are to be good stewards of that as well. I want us to look at the subject of being entrusted with the good news in 3D this morning. You want to see it in 3D? All right. The first D. (laughs) Three D's to this message this morning. The first D of being entrusted with the gospel is the word duty. Say it with me. Duty. It's our sacred duty to be spreading the good news. Spreading the gospel. What someone did for you you must want to do for others. Amen? Someone was a good steward with the gospel and gave you the gospel. Now you want to be a good steward and give them the gospel. Let me ask you if this statement that I'm about to make is is too strong or not, okay? Can can I ask you? We're going to have a vote in a minute. Whether the statement I'm going to make is too strong of a statement. Okay, you ready? If we don't care about our duty to bring the good news to others, are we sure we have received the good news ourselves? Can I get a statement that that's too strong? Anybody raise their hand if that's too strong? How about if it's just right? Yeah. Let me say it again. If we don't care about our duty to bring the good news to others, are we sure? that we have received the good news ourselves. Because you know when a person gets saved and they come to know Christ, who moves inside of them? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says we become a temple of the Holy Ghost. So when you get saved, you not only get your sins washed away, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. And so if the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you, Don't you think he would be nudging you and unctioning you and whispering to you that you ought to be telling people about Jesus? So if that's not happening, maybe the Holy Spirit's not there like you think he is. That was the first statement just reworded a little bit. I think we need to examine ourselves. If I don't care about others, maybe I'm not saved myself. That's just putting it right down where we live. As Christians, we are to imitate Christ. That's what a Christian is, as a Christ imitator. Well, what was Christ about all the time that he walked the earth? What was he doing? He was ministering to people. He was witnessing to people. He was telling people good news that he came to forgive them of their sins and turn them back to God that they should repent. Jesus cared about people. He was seeking to save the lost. He was healing the hurting. He was giving hope and love and peace to those in need. 
That's what he was doing. If, if that's what he was doing and we're Christians, maybe that's what we ought to be doing, I, I would kind of think. Amen? Now, doing a duty can be difficult at times. Have you found that sometimes that something that you're supposed to do, a duty, can be difficult? Absolutely. People have a duty to report to their jobs and work. Those of you that are still employed and working tomorrow morning, you're going to have a duty <laughs> to get out of your bed, take a shower hopefully, eat some breakfast and get to your job. You're going to have a duty to report in and punch the clock or, or whatever you do to let people know you're because you have a job to do. You have a duty. It's not always fun, not always easy, but that's what you are to do. Those of you that have parents, you have a duty to raise your children. That's not always easy. When there's sickness and when there's problems and you get one well and then the other one's sick or they're going crazy, you know, it's not always easy to do the duty of being a parent. Our military has a sworn duty to protect our country. That's certainly not always easy. A lot of men and women have lost their lives putting themselves in harm's way to protect the freedoms that we have and enjoy in this nation. And so on and so on. You get the picture. These duties are not always easy. They can be trying. You can face obstacles and challenges along the way, but it doesn't mean you shirk your duty just because it's not easy. It's the same way sharing Christ in your world is not always easy, but it brings great blessing to those who reap the results, to those who are blessed, to those who are saved. To those whose lives are changed, it brings great blessing as well as to the person who shared with them to be saved. It's a great blessing to you. It's an awesome feeling when God uses you to help lead someone to the Lord, isn't it? I mean, that's wonderful. When you, when you know that you've been able to sit down and give a witness to someone and tell them about Jesus and maybe you was even able to lead them in prayer, it's exciting. One time I was going to Phoenix, Arizona on a plane to a conference and I sat down in my seat and there was this guy that sat next to me and I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to kind of witness to this guy. So I struck up a conversation, started talking to him. Before we, actually we were coming back from Phoenix to Oklahoma City. Before we landed at Will Rogers, I was able to lead him in prayer and salvation right there on the plane. That was exciting. I got off that plane thinking, hallelujah, man, God, you're awesome. There are opportunities all around us if we'll open our hearts and our minds and our eyes and say, God, give me an opportunity to witness to someone today at work. Give me an opportunity, Lord, to, to share Christ with what's put a divine appointment in my path. It's exciting. But there's obstacles along the way. The Apostle Paul had lots of obstacles. He was jailed, he was stoned, he was run out of town, even in Thessalonica were the very people that were, we read the text this morning, at one time they ran him out of town and other places. He said, I've had sleepless nights, I've been hungry, I've been at, you know, hunted in the country, and he goes through in the different letters and talks about some of the challenges he faced. But I'm glad he did his duty. And that brings me to my second D, delight. Delight. At the end of the duty... 
becomes a delight. After working and practicing hard on a team, playing and overcoming adversity to bust out a winning season, comes the reward at the end. Our football team here in Noble had a great season. They worked hard. They practiced hard. They had great games. And, and boy, it took a lot of work and a lot of sweat and some injuries along the way. But when it come down to being district champions, they were excited. That made it a delight. Because after the work and after the duty comes the honor, comes the reward, comes the delight. The Apostle Paul labored hard and suffered a lot of adversity to take the gospel he was entrusted with to the various places he traveled. One of those places among many was Thessalonica, the Bible uh, book for where we read our text from. Listen to Paul's delight, though, concerning his duty that he fulfilled in their lives. Look at, at 1 Thessalonians, back in our text, chapter 1. Listen to what Paul says about this church and the duty that he fulfilled there. Listen to the, 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 to the blah, 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 blah. listen to the delight after the Lord did His work in these people's lives. Look at chapter one, verse two. And then Paul's writing to this church at Thessalonians, and he says, "We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope." you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you. Isn't that cool? Now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. What a delight to see the fruit of your labor. As we read this, these people got saved, turned from idols, and then their faith became such well-known. They were such good servants and such good Christian people and, and such good stewards, even in spite of all the obstacles. Paul is saying, man, you guys rock. You guys are doing it good. What a delight to be able to see that. And you know what? It's it's as we delight ourselves in the Lord that we are filled with, I think this is key here, say, Pastor, how, am I, how can I be a better witness? How, how can I obey the, God's call to be a good steward? As you delight yourself in the Lord, 
You know, the verse in, I think it's Psalms, says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. If you desire to be a good witness, if you desire to be a good steward, you want to hear the Lord say, well done. If you desire that and if you delight in the Lord, you are filled with the passion, the power, and the very presence of God to get the job done. You see, if you try to share Christ and witness for Christ in your own strength, you're going to fail. But if you do so in the power of the Holy Spirit, if you do so after you have spent time with the Lord and you are filled with his passion and his power and his presence, my goodness, it becomes just a thrill to go out and witness and share Christ with the world we live in. Amen. And then it really goes from being a duty to being a delight. It's like, oh, I got a witness for Christ. Well, if that attitude, don't witness to me. You're not going to be very convincing. I love Jesus, don't you? <laughs> I might as well die and go to hell, you know, whatever. Man, we're not going to be a good witness if we're all eating worms. As you delight yourself in the Lord, the Lord will open doors for you that you wouldn't have dreamed of. One of my favorite devotion books is this book called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. I read this about every day. I just, I just love these little short devotions, and I know we've talked about it before. But there, as I was preparing this message this week, I ran across, I just happened to read it. Again, I've read it before. I've probably read this book about five or six times. But uh, I read a story about a young lady by the name of Anna. And so it's about a, a page and a half. I want to, let me tell you her story, okay? It says Anna is, 20, is, is a 23-year-old professional dancer from England whose life was turned upside down after reading Wild Goose Chase. That's the name of a book by Mark Batterson three years ago. Anna now runs a dance studio in Serbia, that ministers to the poorest of the poor. But let me tell you how she got there. Psalm 37.4 states that when you take delight in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. The word give means to conceive. As you press into God's presence, old sinful desires die and new holy desires are birthed in your spirit. These single-cell desires ultimately become lifelong dreams if we nurture them in prayer. Anna was living her dream, making a living by doing the very thing she loved most. Then she got a distinct impression one day that she needed to use her dancing for God. She wasn't sure what it meant, but she couldn't shake it. It kept her company during the day and kept her awake at night. Her friends assured Anna that she was making a difference right where she was, but she knew there was something else, something more. Then one day she read about a ministry project in Serbia, and something came alive in her spirit. She felt she needed to go visit, but she didn't know the first thing about Serbia. In fact, she had never met a Serbian that's when Anna put a prayer fleece before the Lord. Lord, if you want me to visit this ministry in Serbia, then let me meet a Serbian this week. Anna shared her prayer fleece with her friends and even thought 
And even though they thought it was a crazy prayer, they agreed to circle it with her. Two days later, a tall, dark-haired gentleman walked into the dance studio where Anna was practicing. Anna was sure he was Italian, but she went ahead and asked him where he was from. When he told her he was from Serbia, she said, you're the one I've been waiting for. Six months later, Anna packed a suitcase and her guitar, bought a one-way ticket, and moved to Serbia. She works with the lowest-income Serbians teaching English, the Bible, and dance to the children. Anna has gone from performing on stage for the Who's Who of Great Britain to choreographing dance performances for children with disabilities, and she's loving every second of it, but it all started with a prayer fleece. It all started with a prayer. Her next God idea, to open an Ebenezer-styled coffee house in Serbia. That's why she sent me a letter. Actually, she called it a prayer letter. I think it was another fleece of sorts. I was so impacted by Anna's prayer letter that I shared her story, and Anna's dream made its way to the hearts of others. A handful of people stepped up and said they wanted to be shareholders in that ministry. And with the exchange rate, a few American dollars can turn into quite a few be, uh, can turn into quite a few Serbian dinar. Wow. Delight yourself in the Lord. You never know what God has around the corner. Amen. You never know what's on the other side of the steep hill of your obedience to the call of duty. Your obedience is someone else's salvation. Let me say that again. Your obedience is someone else's salvation. Your obedience to pray for someone and to be a good witness is someone else's rescue and freedom. Your obedience is some other family's future. Delight yourself in the Lord and see God's hand guide you onto paths you would have never, never imagined. So we've got duty and we've got delight. What is the third D of God's entrusting us with the good news? Diligence. You've heard of the term due diligence? We must do our very best to care about the potential harm that is coming to the lost around us. We must realize that the hour is late and that the time is short. And then I had an idea yesterday, and then I went right off from the house and forgot it this morning. I have one of those hourglasses. It's got sand in it, and I was going to set it on a table here and turn it over, not so you could see when I'm done preaching, but so as to make a point that the sands of time are running. The sands of time are running out. Every day people are dying and going into eternity either with God in heaven or without God in hell. And whether the Lord's coming church is right around the corner or is still some years away, people are still dying and needing the Savior. So Jesus came for them today if they died. In conclusion, let's not be guilty of dereliction of duty. Dereliction of duty, by definition, is the shameful failure to fulfill one's obligations. I don't want to be derelict in my duty. 
Amen? I want to do my best to be a witness for Christ wherever I go. If I'm at Super C or if I'm at Walmart or if I'm at Sam Southern Eatery on Main having some shrimp. I think it would be an extreme honor to God and would bring a huge smile to the face of our Savior Jesus Christ if we all, as the body of Christ, would adopt the words of the Apostle Paul as found in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. This is what Paul said, and I think it would be good if every one of us had this as our life verse. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work Assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I think that's a pretty theme verse for every born again believer. Amen. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work for which God called me. The work of telling others the good news of the wonderful grace of God. Who would agree with me? That would pretty much make the Lord smile. Not to mention the smiles of those whose lives will be changed. You see, all lives matter to God. People have made this statement, different lives matter to God. Blue lives, black lives, whatever lives. In God's economy, all lives matter to God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the awesome blessing of knowing you. The awesome, wonderful, grace-filled blessing of having our sins forgiven and our name written down in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for that blessing. But Lord, you've told us to take it a step further. You said freely we have received, freely give. Lord, as we have received the blessing of salvation, help us passionately and purposefully and prayerfully to be a good steward of sharing the good news with others. Being a witness of your love, of your mercy, of your grace and of your blessing to the people you put in our path every day. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.